0: and I, the only reason I want to go to it is cuz I got something that we got to say tonight. So I want to welcome you to broadcast at River Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama where we have assembled to lift up the Lord Jesus. That's why we're here. But I want to just share with you that you on broadcast are helping us do kingdom business. This is kingdom business. Going to church is not for the people. It's like, well, I showed up, Lord. Do you care? Would you check me off? I was there. It's we do business. And if we don't do business, then we just had a social hour. We just got together, and it was entertaining. And, and you know, there's clubs all over, the the, the elks and the moose and the, the big dogs, whatever's out there, those groups. They, it's social. So we could do that, but we're here for business. And we're very intense about that because the time is short. The Lord Jesus is coming back soon, and we must get done what's to be done so thank you for tuning in i want to appreciate you up front thank you for tuning in in Jimison, alabama and and uh uh prattville alabama and northport we have records about you watching we can tell how many watch this broadcast uh willis texas we're so grateful to have you and pastor sunday gar in liberia west africa and i will tell you pastor You're going to need more money than what you got to do what God's called you to do. So you better pony up. You better get full of the word concerning prosperity and supply because you're going to have to have it, and you're going to have to believe it in. But the Lord is graceful. He's so gracious. He's going to send it. So yay. Well, thank you for tuning us in in Coleman, Alabama. We know you're watching. Hallelujah. All over the United States. Philadelphia, you're in there. Uh, places in Florida, we know about you. We have nations. We have Korea. South Korea is watching us on occasion. South Africa. Uh, the Middle East. So people are looking. They're looking. And, and it's not just like in America where you just are scanning the channels and you just stay there two minutes, but it dinged on the counter. People overseas are having to download the broadcast. Or it doesn't count. They didn't get it. So that's how it works for them. So thank you. We endeavor We endeavor at River Church to feed the flock. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So that you can edify the body of Christ. We're called to do it just like you are. To exhort one another to love and good works. And so we we do that with the word of God. It comforts us. So tonight I want to minister for the fifth time in a row. On Money Cometh. Can you all say it with me? Money cometh. Let's do it better. Money cometh. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? Is that the truth? Can you say it with conviction? Can you say it with a persuasion? Can you say it with assurance? You've got the title deed that money has been loosed. Men are giving to me good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. They're chasing me down. The wealth of the wicked is indeed stored up for me, and here it comes. We're borrowing from the Egyptians, and it's not a little. Hallelujah. The supernatural is working on our behalf in every way. So I want to encourage you, if you this is your first time in, go to last week, if you can, and get the list of uh, 167 places where we found the Word of God speaks of God's plan to supply being in abundance, exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think. It's not just in that one spot in Ephesians. It's all over. Get that, get that list, and uh, or call us or email us, and we'll send you the list. Whatever you want to do, hallelujah. So, turning your Bible with me, if you would, saints, to the book of Second Corinthians, chapter eight. Money cometh, money cometh. Money cometh. Lack says, "I'm coming every day. Shortage, need. Oh, every day it's talking to you, saying there's. I wasn't expecting that bill, and it's certainly more than." And this, that, and the other, it, it's, it talks to us. It is the modem of this world. It is the operation of this world. Uh, supply and demand is how this world works. If there's not much uh, uh, supply, then the demand is high and the prices change. If there's uh, a lot of supply, prices change. It's all based on, on need. But in the kingdom, it's all one-sided. It's all more, more, more. We say, we say, there's plenty more where that came from. Whatever you give or whatever you need to have, there's plenty more. Wherever what you have came from, there's plenty more where that came from. So money cometh to me. And you're going to have to change inside, family, to not just say, well, I agree with that, yeah, 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 that's that's the same thing with healing. People all agree that God's a healer, but they don't always agree that they qualify to be healed. And so they're reticent, they hesitate, they step back. Concerning healing, and they're not able to press in to the manifestation of that because something comes in and disqualifies them. They're, they're condemned or whatever. Well, the same thing with prosperity. You're going to have to. You're going to have to lay hold and stand fast and in it. Second Corinthians eight nine. We see the scripture, the New Testament, uh, 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 scriptural basis for the covenant of supply. This is it right here. This is, there's always an exchange in the covenant. Jesus did the ultimate exchange, and now we work in smaller areas of that exchange to bring the covenant into our life. So verse 9 says, for you know, uh, that's an intimate understanding. So it's not just like, yeah, 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 I know, I've read it. No, I intimately understand and know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. There's that substitution. He became what we were so that we can become what he is. That he, might, he became rich, poor that ye through his poverty might be rich. Well, when, we, when were you made rich? Well, it's, I got a few business deals working and I, I think I'm going to be rich. No, we were rich at the new birth. It happened. It was a download. It was an impartation. It was a transfer. You were made rich. Well, where is that money? I got bills. Well, it's right there. It's inside of you. But you've been listening to lack and poverty and short supply. You've been listening to that and you go, well, there's no money here. And that's exactly why there's no money here. It's because you believe there's no money here. But the word says, the word says, the word says there's money here. And that you're the one. You and I are the ones. We know how to move it out of the realm of the seen. I mean, of the unseen into the realm of the seen. We know how. We got the instruction manual. It's a bunch of pages. And if you don't understand one verse, we'll just go to another. There's so many ways that God talks about prosperity. Like I said, 166 that I know of. Yay. So I was made rich at the new birth. You know how about rich people? Y'all ever known a rich person that came from a rich family? Not not that they made it on their own, but they came from a rich family. And you know, they were conceived just like you and me, and they were brought forth in a hospital just like you and me. There was nothing like, well, we got a super duper here and a machine there and a doctor there. No, it's pretty much the best that there is. If you're in America, anyway, we all get the same birthing. But a rich person, not even knowing it, is rich at birth. And they have to tell him, we got stuff, son, we got stuff. Now, and they do. They, they, they you, you jump into a limousine or you have this big house or whatever rich people do and have. And uh, that's all they know because they're, they were rich at birth. And so... Uh, What does that mean? It means it just happened. Their parents, their grandparents, whatever, whatever, when they were born, they were rich. And all sorts of annuities and all sorts of endowments for their college and their whatever started going into their name because their parents or their system was rich. And we know who those people are. We've seen them and we understand. But my point is, it just happened. Had nothing to do with them but it happened and we're talking about the new birth here that it happened now let's have a little illustration here I got two 20 dollar bills now in this one uh, president Jackson he's got a tear right above his head can y'all see that he's a tear on the back it says uh, Uh, It's got a word, recibido, somebody's writ there, and it's wrinkled. And over here, somebody's marked it with their pen, 104, and uh, it's got a big old crease down the middle. How much is this gnarly, nasty, worn-out bill worth? 20 bucks. What now, if you think that's worth 20, (coughs) let me show you this one. It has no wrinkles. It has no marks on it. President Jackson has no gash in his head in this one. He's looking fine, looking so good. How much is this bill worth? 20 bucks. Ah, how can that be? They're so different. It must be that the $20 is not attributed to the paper and the green ink. It must be something behind it that backs it, that if you just barely can recognize the president, why... It looks like George Bush on there or something. Uh, They'll take it. They'll cash it. And if you buy something for less than $20, they'll give you change. This bill or that bill. So the point would be, whether it's new or wore out, whether it's been through the mill, this one obviously has. It's going to the grinder someday soon. They'll pick it out and say, that one's got to go. And they'll they'll put a big one in there. So you don't know, maybe this one hasn't been anywhere. Maybe this one's been in a drug deal. Not me. (laughs) If it's been in one, it was before me. But maybe it's been in a church offering. Maybe it paid somebody's taxes. Maybe it bought groceries for breakfast the other day. This bill could have been anywhere, but it's the same whether it's new or wore out. New, wore out. It's the same. And so we have to say, what about me? What about you? What about you, Joey? What about you, Lisa? You got some rough spots? What's your value? I'll tell you what the church will do. I'll tell you what the world will do. They say, well, if you're rough, if you hadn't been to church in a while, if you've been living in the world, you're not worth $20. But me, I'm a shiny and bright Christian and I do what you should do, and I don't do what you shouldn't do. I'm over here, but what's your worth? Ah, it's the same. So you've been made rich, and it doesn't matter if you have a rich daddy, it doesn't matter if you have a mining conglomerate or a banking uh, affiliate or whatever, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you wear used shoes The first time you put your feet in them, they were used and you walked to school. It doesn't matter, the value is the same. And so we gotta quit saying I'm as valuable as my banking account or I'm as value as my daddy is or I'm as value as I hard work or don't work at all. That determines my value. But the kingdom of God says no, there's something behind this bill That makes it just as worth as this bill. Are y'all getting my point here? It's uh, uh, our value, listen, 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 is whatever is backing us. Nobody would say this little piece of paper is worth 20 bucks. We, We could buy 50 cents worth of paper and go down to Kinko's or wherever and run it through and get us a green sheet of paper And it wouldn't be 20 bucks. Nobody would give you anything for it. It would be nothing. So, remember this. The world is not fair. I'm amazed at Christians that are disgusted and mad and upset and wound up because they got a raw deal, because people treated them wrong, because politicians are idiots. Idiots. Should I mince that a little bit? Can you all handle idiots? Not all of them, of course, but they got into power somehow. And it wasn't because we thought they were good. They thought they were good. But there's people, there's parents that are doing all sorts of things. So people, the world is not fair. So quit looking to the world to be fair. It's Jesus talked about, why are you dragging your brother to the judge or your neighbor to the judge? There's nothing fair about this world. You're going to get the steal, kill, and destroy from the world but in the kingdom it's fair so it just depends if you're having a raw deal in the world is tribulation so you're going to go through everybody's raw deal but we pay no attention to it there's bugs everywhere when you're driving down the road in in Alabama sometimes they are just thick as everything but we got a windshield and we just blast through them now if you're on a motorcycle with no helmet you're, you're, they're stinging like hot, but, but we're not. We're all in cars, and we have a good windshield. And so those bugs don't bother us. I've been reborn, and I'm rich. For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you can know the federal government is backing this and say, I have absolute faith in it. I'm going to get a handful of these and go in and get me a big bill of groceries at Publix. If you have faith in little green strips of paper, buying you steaks and pork chops, then what is wrong with us that we can't say, for I know the grace of my Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for my sake he became poor. What? What's the end of that? So that I, through his poverty, that doesn't matter, what's the end of it? Might be made rich Point yourself with me and say hey you are, rich. you are rich What do you feel rich no, but I'm telling you this is a mirage this is a hallucination that this has value I'm telling you there's paper everywhere and there's green ink everywhere and I can scribble a 20 all over something I'd, I'd probably use the hundred <laughs> You know let's go a little faster. That's what all the counterfeiters do so uh Let's get there faster. But you, you see how we have confidence in something that there should be no confidence in until we can say, you think that's good. You ought to know what I think about the Lord. He's good for it. He's good for it. And he said, Jesus paid the price for me to be rich. Now, that's, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. But the Lord Jesus did it. And the fact that he did it makes it work. He became poor. He personally became poor. Was divested of everything. Everything. The word there is beggarly or uh, what's that other word? uh, Indigent. But it's also the word that we were poor. We were indigent and poor, yet for our sakes he became poor. So the point here is, is you were reborn rich just like the rich kid that's snotty and and uppity and got weird parents and whatever rich kids sometimes do no offense to you if you're rich I'm not saying all rich kids are bad any more than I say poor kids are good actually the poor think more about money than the rich do they're more they're more money minded so it wasn't me that caused me to be rich just like the kid that's born rich but I'm rich, it's me. it's me. junior big bucks he he looks around and says, "I didn't do this, but it's me. And he just raises his hand and says, "'I want somebody to go get me a pony, and the horse appears, yes. right? right? Well, we have been given that, and so much more proverbs ten twenty two says the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord. And I looked up that word blessing, and it's kind of redundant, but the word blessing in the Hebrew means prosperity. So it means that the prosperity of the Lord maketh rich. How many of you all know the prosperity of, of the world doesn't necessarily make you rich? There's rich things everywhere. There's abundant and, and, and redundant things they're so wealthy, but it doesn't mean you're going to get any of it. But the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow to it. I looked up in the Amplified, and it says, the blessing of the Lord, it makes truly rich. Let's turn to Proverbs 10:22, so that you can just put a star in it. I, uh, you online, you, you ought to have your Bible out. We are a scripture ministry. We, we wear the Bible out. Uh, 1022. And you go, well, I'll just listen to it. You ought to look it up in your Bible and mark it, and you ought to read to it. You ought to read it. It says in verse 22, 1022, the blessing of the Lord it maketh rich, and he hath no sorrow with it. The message translation says, God's blessing makes life rich. Nothing we. Now, I like this. Where he he says he adds no sorrow to it. It says, uh, uh, nothing we can do, nothing we do can improve God. Improve on God. Gosh, I butchered that. The blessing, God's blessing maketh life rich. Nothing we do can improve on God. Maketh rich. Today's English version says, hard work can make you no richer. Now, that's insight. The Lord makes us rich and adds no sorrow. But hard work can make you no richer. So how are we going to get rich? How are we going to get rich? Well, we're going we're to work hard. No. You can't get richer than God can make you if you, no matter what you're doing. He said here, hard work can make you no richer. The blessing of the Lord is what makes us rich. So what am I after? the blessing of the Lord. I just need a better job. No, you need the blessing of the Lord. Well, we never have anything around our place. You need the blessing of the Lord. And we talked about this earlier that a lot of people say, well, God knows where I am. If he wants to bless me, he can. Well, he does know where you are. And he goes, poor thing, I'm pouring the blessing out over here. I've got a job over here. I've got a a wife over here. I've got a, a whatever God says, I want you to move over there. And people are like, no, I need to stay where I am because God knows where I am. That's not how he works. That's how we work, but that's not how he works. He tells you he makes a way for you to get where the blessing is. Now, we're a church. We're in a building, but we're nothing like first church. Take your pick. But, you know, the Lord, the Lord knows where people are there. Why doesn't he give them what they need if he doesn't? Because he wants them to be where God's blessing is. The uh, contemporary says, when God blesses you with riches, you have nothing to regret. Oh, no more sad days. Y'all know we love John 10, 10. He says, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. I was reborn rich. It cannot be earned. Cannot be earned. You read the word where the word says, the Lord Jesus said, It's harder for a rich man to get into the kingdom than it is for a rope to go through a needle. I know it says camel, but that's wrong. Doesn't even make sense. So when you're rich, you are dependent. You you are looking to the source of that, and so you're protecting it. You're building, you're spending all your time where you used to be trying to get some riches. Now you're trying to protect it, but uh, it cannot be earned. Uh, Listen to this. I looked up the word zoe because that's the word for life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. We know that word zoe, and the word literally means life as God lives it. Are y'all listening on broadcast? Jesus said, I have come that you might have life as God lives it. He didn't come to forgive your sin, but he had to forgive your sin, my sin, in order to get us the life that God lives. We couldn't get the life without having our sin fixed. But he went way past fixing our sin. It means superior in quality, And quantity. That's what Zoe means. It means exceeding over and above. We figured that one out. It means an advantage. Say, I have an advantage. We have an advantage. Why? Because the Zoe life of God that Jesus came to give is in me. It's in me. I am born again. Are you born again this evening? We're born again. Everything changed at the new birth. It means much more than all. That's a funny word, but it means super added. It means more remarkable. I've come that you might have a life that's more remarkable. It means extraordinary. And here's the word I like. It means extravagant. I have come to give you an extravagant life. One that they talk about and say, well, there's old snooty self, Christian. He's... He's so blessed of God that uh, uh, he's extravagant. We just don't think it takes that much money to live. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's always going to be there. Ephesians 3.20, I want you to turn there, please. Are y'all doing okay? Coleman, Alabama. Praise God. West Liberia, Pell City. We're, Pell City is one of the cities that we're in more than any other city. It's, it's number one or two. Northport is bigger, is more than Tuscaloosa. Go figure. And then we've got several towns in Georgia that we're in. Now unto him, let's read it together. Y'all read with me. Ready, read. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Well, now I want to tell you about this scripture. That's how heaven sees you. Now don't be don't be pouring it out to God. These are uh, these are unanswered prayers that say, God, you know how hard it is. Right there, he just reaches over the knob and turns it off because there's nothing coming in that he can get along with. Lord, you know how hard it is and how I try, but I just can't bring my tithe this week because, Lord, you know we've got to feed these babies. He knows. That's why you bring the tithe in, so you can do it. That's why you couldn't feed them last week and the week before is because you wouldn't bring the tithe in. I, I'm going to meddle if I keep on that. But let me give you this. Many people, many religious people, are afraid that extravagance will corrupt them. And they'll point to that, but actually it's just an excuse for not having what God sent. When they don't have it, they just say, well, you know, the, the, the love of money. Uh, they don't, no, excuse me, they'll say money is the root of all evil. And so they'll say that. But they're afraid that extravagance will corrupt them. And they don't feel like it's fair for them to have extravagance since they did not work in a business or an enterprise or a conglomerate that made them rich. In other words, they can't separate work and what you do from your financial statement. It's not right for regular folks, regular folks that just have a job, and I I use that parenthetically, to have a bunch. They ought to do it like all of us had to do it. We work hard, we stayed up weekends, we work nights, we sacrificed, we gave up. Me and Mama, we didn't have this and we didn't do that. And that's how we got here. And that's exactly right. And so they think everybody ought to have to work to get where they are. And if you didn't sacrifice like they did, you shouldn't be having what they have. Do y'all know who I'm talking about? Yes. It's everywhere. It's, it's, it has permeated the network and the culture of our, of our world. But uh, I'll tell you a greater thing that's worse than that, a greater uh, weight than saying, I just couldn't handle extravagance. God knows it would corrupt me. He knows I'd go uh, bad. Uh, a greater weight in the kingdom is to assign your life to a life of lack. It's disgusting. Poverty is disgusting. Poverty is the devil personified. Lack is the pit of hell lapping at born-again children of God. And it is so contrary to heaven, and the religious lies that have been propagated that to be holy you got to be poor, they are damnable. Can I say that on broadcast? They are damnable. damn, Damnable. They're bad. Well, let's just say they're bad. They have no worth. They have no value. They have no... Uh, 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 st- Standing. They don't have any standing in the king of God. There is nothing that God says, well, at least they didn't have a lot and they weren't corrupted by the extravagance of what I sent them. At least that. That's, that's a little good. There's no good. There's no good. He, he never says, Well, give them an attaboy for trying to be poor. Did y'all hear what I just said? There is no good thing to being poor, and you can't do your assignment. You cannot do your assignment if you have a worldly weight and value of your financial standing. You failed, did you hear me? I'm just just rough as a cob tonight, I can tell, but uh, you failed, you failed in your calling. If you don't have enough to do everything that he called you to do, you failed. Now he's not gonna consign you to hell or certainly not even, it'll never be noticed because he's gonna bless us and reward us on what we did do, but just know you didn't run your whole race and you certainly didn't finish your course if you didn't have the finances that were required to finish up. You go, well, what am I going to do? I'm already working three jobs. Ah, there is it. Therein is it. We got to find out what God says about us. And just like the little boy or little girl that was born rich, you got to come the, to the understanding that says, I had nothing to do with it, but I was reborn rich. Nobody ask a sixth grader or a six-year-old or whatever that's rich, saying, how'd you make your millions? Nobody, nobody, they didn't do it. Everybody knows they didn't do it. Their daddy did it, or grandpa, or whatever. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Are y'all wondering what I eat for lunch to get cranked up at Hallelujah. I just love the word, don't you? I just want to be straightened out. Not everybody wants to be straightened out, but I do. I want to be free. Here it is. Know the truth and you'll be free. You got to know the truth and know it intimately. You have to have an understanding of it, not say, well, yeah, I heard that and I saw that. You got to know it. You got to be, you got to be masters at it more than your vocation more than your family. Now here I'm going to step over. The Word is higher than your family because the Word will save your family. Yes. And saving your family will not save you in the Word. Wow. Chapter 12, verse 16. Are you all there? Amen. Uh, 16 says, He spake a parable, saying the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully... But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall thou those things be which thou hast provided? Here it is, verse 21. So he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God, so is he, excuse me. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Verse 22. So he said to the disciples, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What ye shall eat, what ye, neither for the body, what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither snow, sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you with taking thought can add to a stature one cubit? That'd be 14 to 18 inches. I'm just, I'd like an inch. (laughs) Okay, two inches is what I really want. And ye then not be able to do that which is least. Why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you Oh, ye of little faith. you all feel faith rising up? I don't know if you can feel it or not. I can. You can just feel a confidence, yeah, like, yeah, bite me shortage and just see what you'll get. I mean, it just, you, reading the word, just, you just, you, you change. Faith cometh or faith arises by hearing. And seek not ye what ye shall eat nor what ye shall drink, neither be ye doubtful of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after And your father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Let's stop there and let's just put it in first person. Fear not, little flock, for it is... Are you all with me? Are you all reading? For it is my father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom. Let's read it again. It is my father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom. One more time. It is my father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom. Wow. Sell that ye have and give alms. Provide yourself bags which wax not old. A treasure in the heavens that faileth not. Where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupted. For where your treasure is. Now here it is. We finally got there. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's put that in first person. For where my treasure is, there will my heart be also. Let's, let's go one more time. For where my treasure is, there will my heart be also. The passion says, where you deposit your treasure that is where your thoughts will turn to. Doesn't that sound just like the passion? Where, depo- where you deposit your treasure, that's where your thoughts will turn to, and your heart will long to be there also. So I'm, I can guide my whole life, I can steer from here. All I have to do is just decide. It's not a money thing, it's not a, a wife thing, it's not a, a, a. I just decide this is where my treasure is going to be. And the word says, your whole life will be steered into that place. So if you look after the world and what you wear and all that, your treasure's there. The the apostle Paul, he said, I wish you wouldn't get married. Because uh, then you'll start thinking about your wife, what she needs. And you'll start thinking about your husband, what he needs. He said, I wish you'd just stay like me. So here it is. He says, uh, where your treasure is. The uh, let's see what else I have here. I got something good. All oh, the message. It says it's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Now that's powerful, y'all. It's like what's life? Well, you never know what God's going to do, and you never know what the world's going to do. Mmm, you do. You know what you're gonna do. You can direct it, you can steer it, you can can send it ahead. Where do you want to be? Start sending your treasure there. Your affection, your longing, your heart. Start sending, sending your dreams there. If you dream about having a big mansion and four or five limos or whatever, that's where you're going. When I was riding a motorcycle, they said this and it's absolutely true. Whatever you look at in front of you, you will run over it. And so if you look at a rock in the road, brace. Because you're going to drive over it. I tried it many times. It's just like you can't hardly steer around it. Well, that's the way life is as well. It's obvious, isn't it, the place where your treasure is, the place you most want to be, is the place you will most want to be and end up being there. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now we're going to go a little over tonight. I knew we would. I already braced Deborah. Ann. She begged and pleaded and cried for y'all, but it did no good at all. <laughs> ah, chapter 9 verse Let's look in verse 8. Now let's let's get some truth here. I'm just I'm just wanting to parlay truth here. Verse nine says, uh, verse eight, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye what does this grace do? What does He want me to have a grace for? An unction, an anointing. What does what does that grace look like? That I always having all sufficiency in all things. Wow, God. I thought it would be that I'd be caught up into the third heaven and that I would uh, prophesy and everything. No, he says, uh, God wants to abound grace to you that you'll have all sufficiency in all things and that you may abound to every good work. Well, who knew? The church didn't. They've been fighting money for a long time. So my treasure should be where the grace of God is abounding. That's what I ought to want. Is God, wh- where what do you want, where is the grace at? What are you putting grace into? That's where I want to put my treasure. Because that's where my heart will go. So Lord, are you, you into prophesying and, and, uh, and uh, c- casting out devils? Well, he certainly is for that. That's all right and good. But he said, I, I want you to abound so that you'll have all sufficiency in all things for every good work. He wants us to do every good work. He, he wants you to do every good work that comes in your path. You got any needs that, in people that have come into your path? Well, sure. But little, most of the time, we are too busy or too whatever, and we have to turn away. Y'all know this, but money is the highest form of power on the earth. But money is the lowest form of power in the heavens. So, whatever you're looking at, if you're looking at money, then you're looking to the power that's on earth. And if you're looking to the anointing, the grace of God, you're looking to it on heaven. So, uh, what, here's the question, what does money mean to you? It's the highest, highest on the earth and the lowest in heaven. And perhaps we're somewhere in between. Moving in one direction or another, moving towards, oh, we don't care about money. It's all over us. There's plenty more where that came from. Wow, wait, we wouldn't chase money. Money's chasing me. You got to get that attitude. There's plenty more where that came from. There's plenty more. I, I went to the vault yesterday, and I took out three coins, and it went, it went a quarter mile back in the vault, and I took out three coins, and I was good for six, six or eight weeks, Something like that. Something where you just go, it's so much. So we shape our heart by how we handle money. Because where your treasure is, there's your heart. So I can shape my heart by directing where I'm going to make my treasure. We're talking about money coming tonight. So if we can't master our money towards God, if we can't master our money, then we will not be delivered in the day of trouble. I found a scripture, it's in Psalm 50. It says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver thee. But if we can't master money, we can't be delivered in the day of trouble. And you know what? The day of trouble will overtake you. Do you all know those people? Have you ever been those people? We all have. We've all been where money mastered us in some dimension. Maybe you were seven years old. Maybe you were 67 years old. It doesn't matter. We've all been there. But now we're saying, I'm going to look up above money and look to the kingdom of God. I'm going to seek first the kingdom. And he said, money will be everywhere. But if you chase after money, there'll be much sorrow added to it. And you won't like it. You won't like what it is. So I wrote this down. The cost to get your needs met with a misplaced heart is extremely high. The cost to get your needs met, and we all have needs that need to be met. The cost for having our needs met with a misplaced heart. In other words, our heart is where our treasure is. And if our treasure is not in the kingdom, it's somewhere else. And it's very high to get your needs met because you get holes in your pocket. I put $100 in there and it just, the, the plumbing bill came and, the and you know, it all just disappeared. It had holes in my pocket. Tithing is God's plan to keep our heart fixed on heaven. Now, I'm gonna, I know y'all don't know this, but I'm going to say it for broadcast and to just keep it, keep it going. If you ever feel your heart tightening up, it's the feeling that your treasury is trying to move. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. If you ever feel like, well, just any kind of thought that says, well, not this week, not this month, but I'll be back on track. Well, I'll bring twice as much. Anything like that is your heart tightening up, tells you that your heart is trying to find an excuse to change the treasure. So if you ever have pressure about having your needs met, now listen, I'm going to talk to us here. Me too. But if you ever have pressure about having your needs met, you, you, can, you just know that your treasury is unstable. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So we've got to check our treasury. If we ever have this thing that comes, it's subtle, comes and just says, well, God wouldn't care. And, you know, you could, God doesn't care. He's not involved in the finances of our life at all. He set a system up, like the bank is set up. The bank not You don't go into the bank and say, well, I'd like y'all to move $100 over for me, and I'll be in Tuesday to get it. Well, what's your name again? No, you just go in there and put a check down, and the teller says, yes, sir. Here's your 200 buckaroos. It's a system. It's already set up to do everything that you need to do. The kingdom is already set up. But if you forge a check... <laughs> You try to kite a check, well, it's not going to go well for you. And if we try to kite a check in our heart or we try to say, well, I'm spiritual, it doesn't count, or God doesn't care, you can just tell. The system is going to fold in on you. Amen? So giving is not about money. Let's say it together. Giving is not about money. Giving is about our heart. We need more capacity in our heart. And the only way to stretch it is with money, because money harmless. God doesn't have you stretch your heart out on somebody and take a chance of ruining their life and messing stuff up, but money is benign, it's amoral, it's, it's, uh, it's insignificant. You, you, can, you can train your life great in the kingdom based on what you do with money. The Lord will not give you the precious things, until we've handled the base things, and money is a base thing. You go, well, God, God don't care about my money. He doesn't, but you do, because how you handle your money, how I handle my money, determines my capacity and determines my boundaries. I can only go so far because I've only enlarged my capacity to a certain uh, sphere because of the way I handled money. So, you know, back there where we were in chapter, well, that's where we are right there in chapter 8. He says, uh, God loves a happy giver because he can assign the world to you because that's your treasure is out there and you're getting enlarged and like, God, money, let's get more so we can do more. He said, I'm happy about that. But it says, what does it say there? Uh, I'm trying to quit here. Uh, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. You're not going to finish your business. You're not going to finish your course in that. So uh, I quit there, but uh, Luke 6:45 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart, finish it with me, bringeth forth good things. What, what kind of man? A good man out of the treasure of his heart. So I want to bring forth good things? I better... I better put a fence around this and guard it and protect it and uh, nurture it and tell it what to do. I better get this thing. And when the devil comes and says, I, you, you need cash this week or whatever, you just got to say, no, my heart's important. I will not violate it. So money cometh. Money cometh. Because my heart is right. It doesn't mean I don't run hit a pothole every once in a while on my highway drive, but, but I'm right. Are you of course you are, of course we are, but now we'll just give more attention to it and say, you know, I need to tighten up on this uh, money thing and this uh, it, it doesn't matter what you give because the Lord said the, ga- the gal that gave two mites said she I gave them all, so it's not amount, it's your heart. He said she threw in her whole living So thank you for tuning in and broadcast this Wednesday evening. When I'll Invite you to church here at River Church in Tuscaloosa. Drive down from wherever you are, Decatur or Tucumcari, New Mexico or (laughs) Dalton, Georgia. Come on over, Coleman. Come up, Jemison and Prattville. Come up. And we'll treat you so many ways you're going to like one of them. Hallelujah. God bless you.